0: Part Three, Chapters Seven and Eight of Perkins the Faker, a travesty on reincarnation by Edward S. Van zyle This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Clarissa's Troublesome Baby, Chapter Seven, A Biologist and a Baby. We know these things are so; we ask not why, but act and follow as the dream goes on, Lord Houghton. Isn't he a lovely baby? don't send him away mrs minturn get his high chair for him james see him smile i don't wonder at his relief just imagine being in the care of a crazy nurse what wild eyes she had you say she was always eccentric mr minturn the baby's only eight months old really mrs minturn he looks older he has such pretty eyes and look at the dimples in his little hands doesn't he ever cry how good he is dear little fellow horatio what a fine dignified name horatio held a bridge didn't he or was it a full house what a question for a famous scientist to ask the baby erect and smiling in his high-chair had wonderfully enlivened our dinner-party even tom startled as he had been by the advent of the distraught nurse was now wholly at his ease and beamed genially from the foot of the table upon the youngster who seemed to be delighted at the attention that he was receiving from beautiful women and famous men as he sat there merrily waving a spoon in the air and crowing lustily i watched him with mingled pride and consternation although a most distressing episode had been brought to a picturesque conclusion there seemed to me to be startling possibilities in the present situation i did not like the flush on the baby's cheeks the unnatural gleam in his laughing eyes impulsively i bent down and kissed him upon his pretty mouth my worst fears were instantly realized and i felt my spinal marrow turn to ice i had detected the odor of a cocktail upon horatio's or rather jack's breath i am forced to acknowledge madame i heard herr Plattner saying in answer to one of mrs farrington's leading questions i am forced to acknowledge that my theories destroy much of the poetry of life it is a most prosaic attitude that i am forced to hold toward yonder most beautiful baby for example romance would point to him as an immortal soul in embryo realism asserts that he is a machine like the rest of us with a longer lease of activity before him than you or i have who have been ticking so to speak for several years be good horatio i whispered don't cry you can have an ice pretty soon the baby brought his spoon down upon the table with a thump and actually glared at the german professor while my guests laughed gaily at the child's precocious demonstration isn't he cunning exclaimed Eleanor scarsdale delightedly he seems to have a prejudice against me wahr, remarked the herr doctor laughing aloud you aren't to blame for that little boy murmured dr hopkins so that i alone could hear him he says that you are sprung from oil and lather and are rushing toward annihilation Ba yelled the baby Ba 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 bah, bah black sheep have you any wool quoted professor rogers the noted comparative philologist who has identified the germ of epic poetry in the earliest known cradle songs isn't he fascinating cried eleanor scarsdale referring to the baby not to the philologist if you'll excuse me for a time i said to my guest seeing that tom was growing weary of horatio's prominence at the table i'll take the baby to the nursery you'll do it at your peril i heard a deep voice grumble and dr hopkins jumped nervously and glanced at me in amazement don't run off with him mrs minturn cried mrs and her protest was sustained by a chorus of don't and do let him stay it may be only temporary i heard dr plattner saying as he gazed at professor shanks who had asked him evidently a question about the baby's nurse it's not an uncommon form of insanity and may be only temporary i recall an instance of a very learned and perfectly harmless professor at gottenen who believed for years that his pet cat talked sanskrit to him there was at my own university a young man wholly sane apparently who made a record of conversations that he had held with the skeleton of a gorilla both of these men were eventually restored to mental health and have never had a return of their delusions it is fortunate however that the poor woman whose insanity we have so recently witnessed exhibited her mania at this time what might have happened otherwise to that charming little baby i shudder to think Horatio was pounding the table with a spoon as if applauding the hair doctor's remarks. Suddenly he dropped the spoon and made a grab for Dr. Hopkins' wine-glass. "'What vivacity he has!' remarked Professor Shanks, as if addressing a roomful of students interested in a zoological specimen. "'He seems to know a rare vintage when he sees it,' suggested Dr. Hopkins, intending, of course, to compliment his hostess. "'I think, my dear,' began Tom nervously, "'Don't go any further, Mr. Minturn, cried Eleanor Scarsdale playfully. "'The baby is so much more interesting than—' "'Protoplasm,' added Dr. Hopkins under his breath. Dr. Plattner was gazing at the baby searchingly. He had been impressed evidently by certain eccentricities in Horatio's bearing. "'How old did you say the boy was, madame?' asked the German savant presently. Eight months.' i answered a catch in my voice that i could not control he's a very intelligent for a child of that age commented plattner laboring under the mistake that he was saying something complimentary he has a most expressive face as the baby was scowling savagely at the german at that moment and frantically shaking his little fists at him there were both pith and point to the latter's remark rot muttered jack wickedly i sprang to my feet and lifted him from his chair he kicked protestingly for a moment and gave vent to a yell that bore witness to his possession of a marvellous pair of lungs be quiet horatio i whispered imploringly hurrying toward the door without further apology to my guests if you'll be silent now i'll have a bottle of champagne brought to the nursery at these words the baby nestled affectionately in my arms and i felt that the fight was won just as we reached the doorway, however, Jack clambered to my shoulder and waved his little fist defiantly at my guests. Damn that frowsy old German donkey! he muttered close to my ear. I give half a bottle of cocktails to prove to him what an amazing ignoramus he is. Just wait a minute, will you, Clarissa? I rushed out of the dining-room without more ado. In another instant, Jack would have said the word that trembled on his tiny mouth. The word that would have brought the whole temple of modern materialism toppling down upon Herr Platner's devoted head. Chapter 8 Hushabye, Number One. Methinks that e'en through my laughter Oft trembles a strain of dread, a shivery ghost of laughter That is loath to rise from the dead. YALMAR YORT Boysen the nursery was in a condition of much disorder as i entered it with the baby's arms around my neck much to my surprise and delight jack had fallen asleep as we mounted the stairs how to get him into his crib without rousing him was a problem that i longed to solve although i had determined not to return to the dining-room i would send a maid presently to tell the butler to inform tom that i could not leave the baby at this crisis Surely our guests would consider a crazy nurse sufficient excuse for the retirement of their hostess. But Jack opened his little eyes and crowed rather hilariously as I laid him on his pillows. Don't go, my dear Clarissa, he said, his baby tones strangely out of harmony with his words. I have much to say to you at once. I owe you an explanation and apology. Sit down, won't you? Keep quiet, Jack, I whispered i'll be back in a moment after i had dispatched a servant to the dining-room with my message to tom and had assured myself that the baby's hysterical nurse had left the house poor woman i was sincerely sorry for her i returned to the nursery and shut myself in with a feeling of great relief so intense indeed was my nervous reaction after hours of varied emotions that i sank at once into a chair to check a sensation of dizziness that had come over me as i crossed the room isn't this cozy exclaimed the baby kneeling at the side of his crib and striving to touch me with his fat uncertain little hands i wanted to say to you clarissa that i did not deliberately plan to frighten that tyrannical nurse of mine to tell you the truth my dear i had taken just one swallow too much of those cocktails and was astonished to discover that while thus slightly elevated so to speak i could communicate in the language of maturity with this a comparative stranger naturally it was a great shock to the nurse as i remarked to you before my dear she's narrow a more broad-minded woman would not have rushed before the public making a kind of balaam's ass of a helpless baby but she's been discharged of course she has gone away if that's what you mean i answered laughing rather hysterically how do you account for your sudden loquacity in her presence jack that's a mystery said the baby screwing up his tiny mouth into a funny little knot spirits had something to do with it i suppose spirits i repeated nervously yes responded jack clapping his palms together with a ludicrously infantile gesture you see my dear there were spirits in the cocktail to tell you the truth clarissa i'm a bit scared i'm going to swear off by the way did you order that champagne no i answered curtly well perhaps it's better on the whole that you didn't Sighed the baby, tumbling back on his pillows "'and waving his chubby legs in the air. "'I've about made up my mind, my dear, "'to lead a better life. "'It'll be easier for me to be good than it has been "'now that the nurse is gone. "'She was so narrow, Clarissa. "'It was always on my mind, and it finally drove me to drink.' "'I'll have to replace her at once, Jack,' I remarked, "'drawing my chair closer to the crib. "'What, Ah, uh, that is... "'Have you some idea as to just what kind of a nurse you'd like?' "'The baby was on his knees again at the side of the crib, "'waving his expressive fists in the air. "'Understand me, Clarissa,' he said sternly. "'I refuse to risk my life again by placing myself in the power of a hireling nurse. "'You can't expect people of that kind to be open to new ideas.' "'To a man of my temperament, my dear,' "'You must realize that repeated doses of baby talk are actually cloying. "'If you could engage some broad-minded elderly woman "'who had been deaf and dumb from birth, "'I might put up with her for a while. "'But, of course, it would be hard to find such a prize. "'You'll have to look after your little baby yourself, my dear, "'until I'm a few years older. "'It'll be hard for you, I realize that, Clarissa.' but frankly is there any other alternative if i'm to lead a better life my dear i must have some encouragement i leaned back in my chair and closed my eyes wearily the burden that had been thrust upon me was growing greater than i could bear we'll postpone this discussion until tomorrow jack i said presently i must think it all out carefully before i can come to a decision meanwhile you'd better go to sleep it's getting late you know you aren't going to leave me here alone clarissa cried the baby nervously you'd better not there'll be trouble if you do the fact was that i was in a quandary as to what was the proper thing to do under the circumstances i had only just begun to realize how many problems had been solved by the presence of the nurse at this time of night it was impossible of course to get anybody to take her place At such a crisis as this, the natural solution of the problem lay in my temporary occupancy of her position. But I shrank from the obligation that fate had so unkindly thrust upon me. Lifting the very willing baby from the crib, I carried him to a rocking chair, hoping that I might get him to sleep while I came thoughtfully to a determination regarding my course of action for the immediate future. Gently, murmured Jack, cuddling gratefully in my arms a long slow dreamy kind of rocking is not so bad clarissa it's the tempestuous jerky style that i object to that confounded nurse had a secret sorrow it used to bother her whenever she got me into this chair she'd groan and weep and swing me up and down as if she were trying to pulverize her grief with me as the hammer then i'd begin to yell and she'd rock all the harder you can't imagine clarissa what your little horatio has suffered of late i laughed aloud nervously knowing that my merriment had a cruel sound but unable to control it did you think that i was joking growled jack clutching at my chin angrily forgive me jack i exclaimed repentantly i know that you've had an awfully hard time poor boy and i promise you that i shall try my best to make life easier for you from now on and now jack do try to get to sleep i'll see to it that you are perfectly comfortable to-night and to-morrow we'll talk about the future would you like to have me sing to you jack as i rock you the baby fairly shook with suppressed laughter at the suggestion doesn't it seem absurd clarissa he gasped between chuckles just imagine what it really means you're about to hum a hush a baby to number one "'while number 2 is downstairs talking scientific rubbish to a lot of old fogies. "'If you should ever write your memoirs, my dear—' "'Hush, Jack!' I cried petulantly, setting the chair in motion. "'I shall never write anything for publication.' "'Nonsense!' commented the baby drowsily. "'Everybody does. You'll be sure to try it on some day. "'What a story you could tell!' Couldn't you, my dear? You might call it, with my permission, Clarissa's troublesome baby. End of chapter seven and eight.